1: been a pretty meteoric rise for live golf uh, about a year ago literally within the last year um, it emerged as a saudi funded upstart and a potential rival to the gp uh, pga one that had a pretty serious pr problem not because of live golf necessarily but because it was backed it was a saudi uh, organization and as you know they have some very very serious issues regarding human rights violations at the time The killing of Jamal Khashoggi, an American journalist, was still in the news a lot. There was actually a lot of professional golfers at the time who spoke out against Live Golf, refused to take part. But along with the PR problems that the Saudis have, they have unending money, and they started spending it. They locked up some... Pretty big-name players, and then ultimately last week they got to the level where they forced, or I don't know, or convinced, whatever. They ended up at the table and have become partners with the PGA, and they are now, once again, a major player in another international sport. We talked about the influence they've had in soccer. Now golf won't stop here, but let's get into how this all came about. We're going to have a conversation about Live Golf with Taylor McKee um taylor is assistant professor of sport management at brock university taylor thanks for joining us appreciate your time thanks so much for having me so i mean like i say this is in a lot of ways it's almost like an overnight success story right it's hard to qualify just how far live came in in basically a year because last summer in a lot of corners they were seen as something of a pariah weren't they
0: Absolutely. And if you were, you know, dropped from outer space, you'd, you'd see what happened here and think, wow, that's an enormous, it must have been the most successful golf <laughs> entity in the history of professional sports. And, you know, everywhere you look, people were talking about live golf and watching live golf at every sports bar. And well, it's not really what happened, is it? I mean, it did. It really did fail to gain much traction in the mainstream. It had a broadcasting arrangement with the CW, but previously that has on YouTube. Not to say that it doesn't have a lot of really unique ideas, but it really has nothing to do with how much traction it gained in the mainstream or even what a credible threat it presented in terms of its actual product. It has a heck of a lot more to do uh, with the actual money on the table and what they were able to bring to a
1: true merger with the PGA Tour. So, I mean, let's go back to where they started. They, they managed to, it was, was it Mickelson or who am I thinking, Greg Norman? Who did they lock up early on, the one big name that they got when most people said no?
0: Well, Greg Norman was the, the public face of it. They right. got—they uh, definitely got Phil. Phil was on board, and he—he he, uh, not only was on board, he was—he uh, said some rather unsavory things in the longer uh, profile that was being done of him, that basically said, you know, uh I don't really care about the things that you mentioned in the intro there regarding the, the yeah, yeah. Sort of situation, and that he was willing to to take the the money because he wanted to be respected. And then one of the issues that that came very 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 clearly was that look, these players were vulnerable to being picked off one by one because they didn't have a player's association. There's no union. There's no ability to say, you know, it's us or them or nobody at all. So one by one. And again, was this a collection of the world's best golfers? No. Was there a lot of names that maybe you and I might know or maybe the casual golfer might know from a little while ago? Absolutely. And there were a lot of really, really, really high-quality golfers that joined the Live Tour. The issue was these these golfers were being paid at levels that were 10x yeah. sometimes what they were being paid on the, on the PGA tour. So it's a very, very, very tough thing to turn down, certainly.
1: And many, many took the, took the money. And then the tournaments themselves, right? I mean, the prize money that they were offering up for some of these tournaments was 10 times or more what they would earn in a PGA tour.
0: Absolutely. Especially, I mean, if you came in last in a live two event, you were getting middle of the pack money on, on a pretty major event. And I think the one thing that for the casual golf fans that was very confusing was the fact that There's PGA Tour itself. Those events are distinct from the four major tournaments, which are different. So the really uncomfortable situation was that these players could leave, play and live events, which I think when it also first became about, the thinking was, well, are these events all going to be in Saudi Arabia? Are they all going to be spread throughout the globe? It turns out, no, they're on the same courses, the same. They wouldn't even have to travel very far half the time. And then they show up come time for Masters as well. So this really uncomfortable reunion would occur at the four events that most you know, casual golf fans watch regardless. And so they really didn't have to risk very much in terms of other than the, the sort of ostracism of their peers. And even now they're going to be welcomed back into the fold. And there's a lot of very uncomfortable conversations with the PGA Tour members yeah. who did not take the money, including some pretty high profile names.
1: Okay. So, like you say, it's been awkward. It's been, uh, but now all of a sudden, I think a lot of people were really, really surprised last week when it was announced that, Hey, we're merging. There's a partnership between live golf and the PGA. What happened there? Did you see that coming? I mean, anyone
0: who tells you that they were like, oh, yeah, this is absolutely where I thought the wave was going to go down is is certainly uh perhaps exaggerating things. I mean, was it likely that these two entities were going to become one at one point? Yes, absolutely. If you had told me that there would have been some sort of uh, amalgamation occurring and we would have thought, okay, maybe the Saudis got sick and tired of of lighting some money on fire and, and maybe this wasn't really working for them. And they came back to the table and said, ah, it was a good run. Uh, we gave it our best shot. But that's not what happened. This is truly and and, and very, very sincerely a partnership, right? And it's important that we sort of understand that. It is not a capitulation, right? It's not a surrender. And, you know, in the history of professional sports, you see the the ABA, the WHA. I think many sports fans are accustomed to. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line—it's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI—it's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses
1: billions. That's Wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com/wonder. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May seventeenth. Do you want to tell people the big news?
0: as amalgamated by the larger league wide and the end of things. And that's sort of the natural life cycle of sports leagues. But this is not how it was characterized, certainly in the press release. I mean, this was done so, so, so uh, so quickly and so quietly. The players themselves uh, who were on the tour found out over Twitter, generally speaking, it is hard to move hundreds of millions of dollars around like this in the in the shadows. It, someone leaks it somewhere. So the arrangement itself came about very, very, very quickly. And it does have a lot of, um, there's a lot of of unions now between the PIF, the Public Investment Fund, and the PGA, two are moving forward. This new entity, which, as of the press release, is is unnamed, which gives you an idea of how tentative a lot of the stuff still is. These are, are are two sort of entities that have now become very much intertwined. So again, what I was saying before is if you just looked on the pure details of the merger, you'd think Liv had a lot of leverage, but the leverage they have is the, as you mentioned before, seemingly unlimited amount of resources yeah. that they're able to bring to this, this arrangement.
1: And I, let's just cut through all of it. That's what it comes down to, right? I mean, it's it's just, we've got the money. What do you? I mean, that's what it comes down to. Ultimately, it's money that rules the day here.
0: I think that's what's been so disappointing for many you know, yeah. observers and, and golf fans is that this wasn't supposed to be about money at the start here. I mean we we have reports that, you know, Tiger Woods turned down a seven hundred million dollar offer to go there and you know, God knows how much that Rory was offered to join the tour. And they they stood on principle and they said, No, this is not this is not what I, I came a professional golfer to be. It's not this is not real golf. There are a lot of some like very qualitative measurements about what was authentic and what was, you know, true to the the, the principles of whatever the yeah. PGA stood for, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, they're higher up, sold these people out, and they 've made a lot of these golfers look quite foolish for turning down enormous intergenerational amounts of money and wealth in order to stand on principle and then have the the you know the ownership of the PGA tour and sell out those very principles
1: and it's extremely. extremely- you're breaking up a little bit there, Taylor. Hopefully the line gets okay. But, I mean, it's not just golf we're talking about. We've seen them do the same kind of thing with soccer, right? They try to get in and basically, I mean, they start right at the top. You know, we're, we're talking about the biggest names in the game um, because it's unlimited resources. Um, and it, it fundamentally changes the way not leagues operate, but entire sports operate.
0: Absolutely. And sorry if I cut out there. No, that's fine. I'll stay. <laughs> totally still here. But the idea is that this all happened the same time that Leo Messi signs his arrangement with, yep. with MLS. And, you know, in the same context of Kareem Benzema signing in Saudi Arabia, and we see a Cristiano Ronaldo in Saudi Arabia, and though Messi didn't sign in Saudi Arabia, he was able to leverage that offer from Saudi Arabia against the MLS and basically have a part ownership arrangement of, of, of not just uh, uh, the Inter-Miami side, but possibly the MLS as a league as a whole. I mean, it is a truly unprecedented arrangement. And. I think for sports fans, we have this idea that player X is worth the amount that they are able to to, to generate that value on the field, which contributes to championships and sort of go on and so forth, especially in leagues like the National Hockey League, where there's a salary cap and things like that. This Saudi incursion has really skewed our our notion of what a player is worth, because as we mentioned before, those golfers were not being brought in to live because they they were obsessed with finding the world's best golfers. They just needed a golfing roster that was credible enough to fill out their live tour events, and really, what they were worth in terms of uh, you know the, the world golf scale wasn't as important as just what it was worth to the Saudi government to have a credible league, and that has really broken our notion of what is a player worth. So, like, what is Kareem Benson yeah. worth as a soccer player? I mean, it's not important. What is he worth to the Saudis and able to legitimize their league? Right, and that is the sort of like in our minds we have this notion that like if I work hard and do a certain amount of every season on season, my value will increase. Well that's the sort of issue that the Saudis have really brought to the table in, in this incursion of North American sport is, you know, the value system is essentially broken.
1: Right, exactly. It's an entirely different conversation. So they they won't stop it at soccer and golf, obviously, right? You got to assume that there will be other efforts to influence other, not influence, but I mean, get involved in other sports.
0: Well, this is, I think you're absolutely right. I think that they're going to look at this uh, as a success. I mean, it's important to note that, yes, is this about sports washing, which is to say, you know, changing the, the narrative about yeah. human rights violations? Absolutely. There's a dimension of this where they're looking to diversify off of oil, their oil and gas. Absolutely, as well. And sports is an excellent way to do that. But I think that now they are looking at this and say, mission accomplished. That's, I think, one of the main takeaways here. So what are the sports are vulnerable in the same way? I would look to sports that don't have players associations and unions that are strong enough to say, none of you are going to leave here. Or if you do, you're in a breach of your contract. So tennis comes to mind uh, immediately in a situation in which, you know, do we know the world number 47 or do we just want to see Nadal and Djokovic and, and Federer, right? And that's sort of the idea yeah. here. I think Formula One is, is, is vulnerable. Sure. I think UFC. UFC makes a ton of sense. It's like, do we know, unless you're a diehard UFC fan, do you really know and, and know all these sort of inner rankings of who's where, or do you just want to see the names that you recognize? And those are the kinds of sports that are going to be extremely vulnerable to these types of arrangements.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, and we'll see it going forward. And uh, I don't know, we'll see where it goes. Taylor, thank you for the insight. I appreciate you being here today.